0: All right, we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 2 in the New Testament. Toward the end, I'm not sure what page will that be in the blue Bibles that we have. But I'm just going to wait a second. You can go to the index and then find the book of Hebrews. We're going to read only one verse from chapter 2. We're going to read from chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, but we're going to stop only at verse 4, and that's it. It's more like the title of what I want to share with you today. Hebrews 2, 1 to 4. We talked about a little bit, touched base on the book of Hebrews a few weeks ago uh, when we mentioned about uh, hell, how it looks like when we shared from Hebrews chapter 10, the much worse judgment. And if you guys remember what we said that time is um, throughout the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews were not just trying to motivate the listeners to stick to the Christian faith because it 's much better than the Jewish faith, much far more superior, but also every once in a while he will give them a warning sign, okay don 't go back because there is judgment if you end up going back. So um, this is one of them. Um, Chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, but we're going to focus only on verse 4. Here is what he says Therefore, you must give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels proven steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, that's the Old Testament, how it came. And he said that if God did not slack when it comes to the Old Testament, how much more will be the New Testament? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. Jesus start witnessing that um, the Lord himself and was confirmed to us by those who heard. Okay, that's the apostles. And then verse 4, God also bearing witness with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Okay, So once again, he's showing them the superiority of the New Testament message, and he's saying the Old Testament message came through angels, mediated by angels. The New Testament message is far more superior. Here is why. It did not come by a messenger. It came by the Lord himself. He's the one who started preaching the gospel to us, and then came down from Jesus to the disciples and God himself was bearing witness to their message and signs and wonders and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So he's saying God started it and God was confirming that message when it's being proclaimed by the disciples. Okay, now I want to talk to you today about the power of signs and wonders, the power of signs and wonders in proclaiming and affirming the message of the gospel, okay? Let me just show you. We're going to do a quick skim through a few chapters in the book of Acts. We're going to highlight a couple of verses here and there. But I want to show you from the book of Acts that every, almost, well, not almost, pretty much every, every single church in the New Testament when it started or grew because of the power of signs and wonders, Okay, we're going to go through every single one of them real quick, and we're going to see that always signs and wonders leads to church growth. Signs and wonders always lead to people getting saved. Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about anybody remembers last week? I, what? Forgiveness. No, we talked about something else. Yes, forgiveness is a good thing. (laughs) Forgiveness is always a good topic. Last week, we talked about you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit, right? So we're going to keep on that theme. I want to keep showing you that the Holy Spirit empowers us to witness, and signs and wonders is God's way of witnessing. No worries. (laughs) Signs and wonders is God's way of witnessing, okay? And by the grace of God, I'm hoping next week we'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And... I, that's the messages about the Holy Spirit that I want to share about, okay? So this week, I want to show you that signs and wonders is God's way. His way of proclaiming the gospel is through the power of signs and wonders. So let's start. First church, the church in Jerusalem, okay? We, we read about that in Acts chapter 2. That's the first time we read about people getting saved. What happened? The Holy Spirit came down in the day of Pentecost, Okay? On the 120 disciples, they all start speaking in tongues. People heard the disciples praising God in their own languages. Okay. Now, a pause for a second. People did not hear the disciples evangelizing them in their own languages, okay? Because tongues was not given for evangelization. Okay? But people were hearing the disciples speaking the wonderful works of God. This is what the Bible says. So, like let's say I'm from Egypt. I'm at Jerusalem, I know Peter never spoke a word of Arabic, and I'm hearing him praising God in Arabic, in, in wonderful things of God, how gracious, how wonderful, how merciful he is, and he's saying all of this in fluent Arabic, and he doesn't know a word in Arabic. Okay? So this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. Everybody got shocked. Some thought that they are drunk, but everybody was like, what is this? This is supernatural signs and wonders. That was the key that had Peter to stand up and start preaching to them. And what happened? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was there, 3,000 people got saved, right? So signs and wonders led to people getting saved. Opened the door for people to hear. And because of that, the church had the first breakthrough. Amen? We read about the second breakthrough. That's Acts 3 and 4, okay? So what happens there? Peter and John go into the temple... Uh, a guy paralytic sitting at the gate of the temple. He sees Peter going in. He looks at them. And he's expecting that he can receive money. Peter will give him something. And he did get something. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. What did he give him? In the name of Jesus Christ, of not, stand up and walk. The Bible says the guy stood up. Peter held him by the hand, pulled him up. The guy stood up, started jumping up and down going with them to the temple. Everybody's like, what is going on? This is the guy who's paralytic for all these years. Now he's jumping up and down. What happened? And they all came to Peter and John because they wanted to know what's going on. And Peter was like, why are you looking at us like we're the one who healed this guy? It's because of Jesus, because faith in his name. This is what made this guy well. The crowd start listening to what Peter had to say. The high priest didn't like it. They took them up and they you know, try to beat them up and try to lock them in because they didn't want them to share about Jesus. But what happened? Listen to this, verse 41. This is the result of the guy standing up and getting healed and the high priest tried to shut them up. Here is verse uh, 41, chapter 2, verse 41. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were at 2,000 3,000 souls added to the church. I apologize, that's Acts 2. Acts uh, 4, four. that's the second breakthrough. However, many of those who heard the word believed, some persecuted them in Acts 4.4. 4. Some persecuted. However, some also believed. And the number of men came to be about 5,000. Acts 4, four. So that's the second breakthrough in the church. Signs and wonders. The lame guy stands up and walks. Some persecuted them, but some believed. And the number of the disciples came to about 5,000. Amen? Now, let me just highlight two things here, two small things in that story. We, in the 21st century, struggle a lot with, how can I approach a stranger and try to tell them about Jesus? And I have to say, I do it a lot because... I just don't, and strangers don't imitate me, intimidate me, I just my personality. I know it, I don't care. But, but, I don't even know, I don't even think I'm doing it the right way. Because we always look for that key opener thing that opens the conversation so people actually will listen to what we have to tell them about Jesus. How about signs and wonders as a key to open up the conversation? Anybody can say Amen. Look at this guy. The guy was lame. What was the key that opened the conversation, opened the whole thing up to Peter and John, signs and wonders? When you go to the mall, or you're witnessing, you're at work, or whatever you are, how about God gives you a word of knowledge, so he reveals the secret of that person's heart to you, and then you tell them, hey, you know, God told me this and this about you. Obviously, this meant to build him up, not to tear him down, because God has always built people up. And then the guy's like, what? How do you know this? Well, I tell you how I knew this. Because God is real to me. And this God who's real to me can be real to you. Amen? I'm studying about evolution, right? And trying to present the logic and the, 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 the logic, the thought process that actually God exists, the evidence that God actually exists more than he doesn't. But you know what? going to prove to atheists that God really exists? It is not the theory. It is not the evidence. It is not the logic. It's the power of God. Amen? When somebody says, I'm an atheist, I don't believe God exists. Oh, yeah? Okay. Here is what the Lord is telling me about you. And you start revealing the secrets of their hearts to them. This is not to brag. I'm just saying this is all to build the kingdom of God. This is just so the Holy Spirit can freely move to touch their hearts. I'm telling you, all their resistance will just break down because it's God moving now. They will know that there is no way you would have known that except if it wasn't for God existing. And he's the true God that we worship. That's why he revealed the secrets of their hearts to us. Amen? Do you guys see how signs and wonders is? It's God's way. I'll show you from the scripture in a bit that this is God's plan for the gospel. God's plan for the gospel is not to be presented through logic and wisdom because it's going to fail. God's plan is that the gospel is to be presented in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and power. Amen? Amen? Now let's look at what This miracle of healing that paralytic did to the critics, the high priests. That will be chapter 4, verse 14. Look at this. So they're telling them, don't preach about Jesus. Don't do anything regarding that name. But look at verse 14. And seeing the man, the high priest and his, you know, group. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So they have their own theory, their logic, why Jesus is not the Messiah. He's from Galilee. He did not do any political, you know, revolution or anything like that. They have their theory and there is the disciples' theory. But the lame man walking, nobody can explain that. Amen? Amen. The power of signs and wonders. Church grow when the Holy Spirit moves in signs and wonders. Amen? Let's read a third example, also the Church of Jerusalem, Uh, chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. We touched base on this last week. And through the hands of the apostle, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's Porsche. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So signs and wonders happening, verse 14 and believers were exceedingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So that, this is how hard and how fast they were, to, they, they were joining the church. Verse 15, so that they brought the sick into the street, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them, and they will be healed. But do you guys see the connection? This is what I want to do today. Just show you the Bible. From the Bible, there is the connection between signs and wonders and people coming to know God. And it's really God's only way to proclaim the gospel. Signs and wonders happened in chapter 5. What happened? Multitudes of both men and women came and joined the church. Amen? So church in Jerusalem, how did it start and how did it grow? The power of signs and wonders. Amen? Let's go to the church of Samaria. That's Acts 8, 4 to 8. Acts 8, 4 to 8, church in Samaria. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, and the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Multitudes are believing. Why? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They were not just hearing a new theology. They were hearing the new theology, and they were seeing the miracles that he was doing. For unclean spirit crying with loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralytic and lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. Amen? Yeah. Signs and wonders? People getting saved. Let's move on. Let's read about that church in um, Leda. That's Acts nine thirty-two to 35. Acts nine thirty-two to 35. Peter went to Leda. I'm not sure how you say the name of that city. I say Leda. We'll see. Um, there was a certain man by the name of Ananias. He was paralyzed for eight years. Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. The result of the miracle, we we'll read about it in verse 35. So let's see what happened. So all who dwelt in Leda and Sharon saw him the guy who was paralyzed and now standing up and turned to the Lord. When they saw the miracle, they knew that the God that Peter is preaching is the true God and they what? They turned to the Lord. Amen? Signs and wonders is the key for people to get saved. We did the church in Jerusalem, the church in Samaria, the church in Leda, number four, There's church in Joppa. That's Acts, um, let me see here, Acts 9, 36 to 37. Here is what it says. At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. The woman was full of good deeds and uh, good and charitable deeds, which she did. Verse 37, but it happened those days that she became sick and died. So this disciple died in that city. That's verses 36 to 37. Peter goes in, get everybody out, pray with her and raise her up from the dead. Let's see the result of her being raised from the dead in verse 42. And it became known throughout Jabba that Tabitha has been raised from the dead. And what is the result of that? Many believed in the Lord. And many believed in the Lord. Because of the signs and wonders, many believed in the Lord. Amen? Let's read more. Let's see the church in Antioch. That's Acts eleven nineteen 19 to 21. A lot of scripture, but I just want you guys to get the point. It's every single church in the Bible was planted this way. Acts eleven nineteen 19 to 21. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution, the church in Jerusalem was persecuted. So they scattered, the disciples. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, and the hand of God was with them, and great... Number believed and turned to the Lord, the hand of god that 's for me a symbol, a sign all, to the power of God, the hand of God is the power of God, was with them, and that was manifested in signs and wonders oh ho ho, hold on it doesn 't say that it doesn 't say signs and wonders correct it doesn 't it doesn 't say in that context but let 's read in acts thirteen one to three the church in antioch we 're going to see that the Holy Spirit was freely moving in that church. And speaking, and people were moving in the gift of prophecy. The gifts of the Holy Spirit was fully functioning in that church. Acts 13, 1-3. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius the Cyrene, uh, many men who had been brought up with Herodotitriach, and Saul. These are all prophets and teachers. Listen to this, verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord with fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to do. They fasted, they laid hand on them, and they let them go. Now, these are prophets, and the Holy Spirit was moving, speaking to them very clearly. This is the gift of prophecy that was fully functioning in that church. So the Holy Spirit was fully manifesting himself in a supernatural way in that church as well. Amen? The church in Iconium, Acts 14. 1 to 7, just a couple of highlights. The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time. The disciples stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. Listen to this. Who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands but the multitudes of the city was divided because there was miracle in that city. The Lord granted signs and wonders. The city split. The multitudes were divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles because they proclaimed Christ, the word of God's grace in that city and the Lord did signs and wonders. The city split, have followed the disciples and have followed the Jews. I tell you, I'll be happy with have Alexandria, Virginia following the Lord. Amen. It's a good start. Amen. Amen. Signs and wonders. Do you guys see so far every single church? Every single church. Signs and wonders happens. People come to find God. Amen? Church in Philippi, Acts 16. Very famous stories. How did Paul get to Philippi as a starter? The Bible tells us that in a vision, he saw a man in that vision telling him, Come to Macedonia, pleading with Paul. Come to Macedonia and help us. So the result is, people go to Macedonia. That's where Philippi is, okay? So how did the whole thing started? Visions and dreams. That's signs and wonders, amen? He goes there. He met Lydia, or Lydia. And then he shared with her. She opened her heart. She receives the Lord. And she and her household get saved. Paul leave there with Silas. Then there was a woman of the spirit of divination, and she's screaming at them. You know, these are the people who are going to show you the way of God, the, the way of the true living God. Paul gets so irritated at her, turn around, look intently at her, and rebuke that demon in the mighty name of Jesus. They get so mad at him, take him, throw him in the prison. In the prison, Paul and Silas, praising God, what happened? Earthquake signs and wonders, the whole thing shakes, the door open, the jailer wanted to kill himself, Paul said, don't do it, we're all here, and he was so overwhelmed by the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that this cruel, hard guy, who was torturing them a few hours ago, said, what is it that I need to do so I can be saved? What did Paul say? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved, he believed, and his household And there's two churches planted in the city. The church in the house of Lydia and the church in the house of the jailer. But do you see signs and wonders? It all started by signs and wonders. It continued by signs and wonders. And the power of signs and wonders is that what gets people to believe. Amen? Amen? I like Elijah a lot. (laughs) When he just a pause here, when he wanted to prove to the children of Israel that God is the true God, he has 400, you know, Baal priests or ministers of Baal or whatever. Elijah could have done a very simple thing. He could have just, let's debate, okay? Let's argue that. These idols cannot hear, correct? Uh, Yes, they can hear. Okay how could they can hear your prayer? Oh very logical point. Make score. They can't see, right? Yes they can't. How can they see your needs? Oh true. It's very logical. That makes perfect sense. They can even do a thing to help themselves. You can break them into halves. They can even help themselves. Correct? How can they help you? Oh true. So logical. It makes sense. Therefore, logically speaking, these idols cannot be God. Of course. That makes logically perfect sense, doesn't it? Right? It does make perfect sense. But how did Elijah wanted to persuade the people that Jehovah God is the true God and these idols are not true gods? He didn't try to debate with them logically, even though he probably would have scored tons of points. His challenge was very simple. The God who answers with fire is the true God. Just as simple as that. The God who brings fire down from heaven is the living one. Everybody else is a dead idol. Amen. And fire came down from heaven because our God is the true God. Amen? We, I do it all the time, we get engaged into endless debates with Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and people who atheists and all different kinds of backgrounds that have their own mindset and they don't want to believe the truth if it's inconvenient to them. Okay? And I tell you, we ought to know how to defend our faith. We have to know that why we believe this and be able to argue. I I, I think that's very valid. However, however, God's way for people to be saved, it is not through logic, it's not through persuasion, it is not through nice presentation and and good intellectual argument. It's going to get us nowhere. Muslims say Allah is the true God, we say God, Jehovah is the true God. It's really simple. The God who can heal the sick and raise the dead is the true God. The other one isn't. It's, it's not really that complicated. Let's bring a sick person and call upon Muhammad till the cows come home, see if this sick person gets healed. And let's call upon the name of Jesus and see who, who's the one who can heal the sick. This is God's way for the gospel to be proclaimed. Amen? Let's move on. Church of Philippi, we're almost done. Church in Thessalonica, Acts 17. Okay, so Acts 17.4, this is what we read. And some of them were persuaded and great multitudes of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. This is all what we read about in the church in Thessalonica. So there's no signs and wonders. Okay, here it is. You don't have to have signs and wonders to see people getting saved and see a breakthrough of the Spirit of God. Not true. Because when you read what Paul written to the church in Thessalonica, here is what he said in First Thessalonica, Thessalonica, Thessalonians 1.5. For our gospel did not come to you in words only. It did not come to you by only words, but also in power. It did not come by words, but it also came by works. There was manifestation of power. Something that is not words. It is not that the Holy Spirit took the words and convinced them. It's not words only. If the Holy Spirit used the words to convince them, wonderful. But that's still gospel presented by words. But he's saying our gospel did not come to you by words only, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Church in Corinth. Acts 18 and then we have a couple more all is done. Acts 18, Church in Corinth. We read about that and we don't see signs and wonders in the book of Acts. Acts 18 is not there, it's not mentioned. But when we read the letter that Paul wrote into the Church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians the whole chapters 12 to 14. He's trying to talk with them about regulating the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How can they prophesy? How can they heal the sick? How the gifts can be fully manifested in their midst? He's just trying to make it regulated because they were fully full of it. Amen. The church was functioning fully in the power of the Holy Spirit. Church in Galatia, we read about that in Paul visited twice in Acts sixteen six and in Acts eighteen twenty three. He went been to Galatia. No mention of signs and wonders there. It doesn't say anything about that. But when he wrote the letter to Galatians in Galatians three five, he's telling the Galatians this: He about that. He who supplies the spirit of you and work miracles among you. That's in Acts, uh, Galatians three five. So the church was fully invested in the power of signs and wonders. Last one, church in Ephesus. That's Acts nineteen. We read about that, um, Acts 19. The whole chapter is devoted to, to how the church grew and stuff. Verses 1 to 10, Paul goes there. There are some disciples. We're not sure if they were persecuted and just ended up in Ephesus. But Paul is asking, have you received the Holy Spirit? Oh, we don't even know there is a Holy Spirit, i.e. the power of the Holy Spirit. They know who he is, but they were not filled with his power. Paul say, okay, come on on. I think there was a dozen. He lays hand on them. They all start speaking in tongues and prophesying. So that's supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit right there. And then in Acts, uh, in in, in verses 13 to 16 of Acts 19, listen to what the Bible says, and we touched base about that last week. God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that even hand creatures and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and diseases left them and the evil spirit came out of them. That's in the church of Ephesus. What's the result? Verses seventeen to twenty. This became known to all Jews and Greek dwelling in Ephesus that there signs and wonders are happening, and fear fell on them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Breakthrough. People getting saved. Mighty move of God in that city. But before that, don't forget, there was mighty signs and wonders as well. Signs and wonders is God's key it's his plan it's his way we can try to do god's work our way all what we want it's not going to happen we yes god can be gracious to us and we can see one person get saved here or there because god is just good to us but if we want to see a breakthrough if we want to see a revival the only way to do it is to do it god's way and god's way is signs and wonders amen amen Amen. you don't seem very convinced okay <laughs> Let me read that verse to you and we'll close with that. Let's read from first Corinthians First Corinthians Let's read um verse eighteen. Oh, I need to tell you the chapter, right? Okay, verse uh, chapter one. Let's read. I'm looking for that scripture. I I wasn't planning on sharing it, so I want to look for that one verse here. Let's just read a few verses because I'm looking for that verse, but I'm not sure what it's at. Okay, verse 18. Here's what Paul says. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. So Paul was saying that preaching the gospel, the actual message that he's trying to tell people is actually pretty dumb, right? And think about it. If you're not a Christian, if you not, did not grow up in a Christian household, and somebody comes to you and say, God is one, but he's three. But these three gods is actually just one God. And God who never dies actually died on the cross so he can make a way for us to be saved. I tell you, if I wasn't a Christian, I would have a hard time believing that. Do you guys see where they're coming from? It's it's difficult. God is above our mind. He's not against our mind, okay? But if we're going to try to present a God who's above our logic, through our logic, it's just not going to work. People are going to think it's pretty dumb. And guess what? They have every right to think this way. It's foolishness to those who are believed, but for us, it's the power of God. And then he says, he's quoting that scripture, verse 19. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. God is saying, I'm going to make a way that people can be saved so that their wisdom will be totally destroyed. What is that way? I'll show you. But first, let's read verse 17. Just go backward a little bit. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom. Stop here. Stop here one second. Look at me. Not with words of wisdom. I was reading that verse, and then when it came to that, words, I stopped. And I'm thinking, oh, he's probably going to say, if I preach it in the words of wisdom, that the message of the gospel will be less effective. Correct? It's just, I mean, it's going to bring some fruit, but it's not going to bring much fruit. But listen to that rest of the verse. Not with the words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of. How, How much effect? No effect. When you preach the cross in the words of human wisdom, the cross will become of What is the percentage? Zero percent. This is how effective it's going to be. Zero. No effect. It's not going to be some effect. Zero effect. This is what happens when you preach the gospel in the words of human wisdom. So how do we preach it? Uh, Chapter 2 and verse 4. And my preach on my... And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. How did you do it, Paul? But in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. This is how Paul proclaimed the gospel. It is not the words of human wisdom. It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and power. Amen? Amen. You guys agree disagree? What do you think? It's God's way. It's God's way. I know it is not what we see. I know it's a strange concept to us, and it's not just us, it's just everywhere. You know, um, church in America by far, we don't emphasize much signs and wonders, we don't ask for it, we don't pray for it, and then God is not going to do it if we're not expecting it. Amen? Here's the million dollar questions, and I'm closing with this. Why do people get healed overseas and they don't get healed in the United States? You get asked this question all the time. Why? Why do we see signs and wonders everywhere in the world? China, Latin America, Africa, everywhere you go. Signs and wonders are just wow. Come here, barely anybody getting saved or getting healed or anything like that. Why? The common answer is? Anybody heard the answer before? People here are not desperate, right? What are you going to say, when? Correct. We have Bibles, they don't, they're desperate over there because they're sick. We have hospitals here, therefore they don't need to be healed here. You know, we have the science and we have the hospitals, we have the technology. People are not as desperate as they are overseas. That's, that's the common answer. You know, whatever reason is, they, something there that the sinners here are missing, that's why we don't see signs and wonders here. But I disagree with that. Let me ask you. You ask a man or a woman who has a kid or a child who's diagnosed with terminal cancer, and you ask them, you have two options right now. Would you rather for your kid to go through chemo and they might be cured or they might not, but just be on the wash because the drugs that he's going to take for the chemotherapy are going to ruin his cholesterol, his blood pressure, and it's going to ruin a lot of his health? But there's a chance, maybe 50%, that he might be cured. This is one route. The other route is, is that your son can be innocently healed by the power of God in Jesus' name. Which one would you choose for your kid? The second one. The second one. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm pretty sure they're going to choose the second one. When people are sick, people are desperate. It doesn't matter if they live in the Hamptons or they live in the jungles of Africa. Amen? Amen. So why people are not getting saved and getting healed here in the U.S.? Because the church is not praying for the sick. Because we're not expecting signs and wonders. Because we're not seeking it. We're just, hey, let's just be cool, have some cutting-edge technology and preach, you know, feel good about yourself. And maybe people will get it and come to join the church and be Christian this way. We're trying to present God's message in our way. It's just not going to happen. God's message needs to be presented God's way. Other than that, we're never going to see a breakthrough. Amen? Not not much amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. The power of signs and wonders. Jesus said, you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. Let's just open our eyes. Let's change our lives and our experiences to match God's word. Let's not bring God's word to what we think it should be, but let's bring our lives to what God's word says it should be. Amen? Amen. Let's close our eyes and pray.